some folks may say, oh, well, I could do that myself. You could, but what are your goals? What's your why? For me, it's not worth it to save 60 bucks to go clean the property myself. My time is best spent going out and finding more deals. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try SmartMove tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how SmartMove can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with SmartMove's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with SmartMove's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Michael Shogren. How you doing, Michael? I'm great, Joe. How are you? I am great and looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Michael. He and his wife, Kristen, are the founders of Occupied LLC, which is a short-term rental investment and management company. They've got a portfolio of six properties across three markets, and they're actively expanding across the Northeast. Recently launched an education platform called Short-Term Rental Secrets to help real estate investors launch their own short-term rental business based in Boston, Massachusetts. So with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus. Sure. So I started out my career like many folks, right? I went to school, got a quote unquote good job, started working as a CPA for a number of years. My wife and I bought our first property when we were 25, just as a single family home to live in and sold that a couple of years later, made some decent money on it. And from that point, started reading a little bit more, getting into rich dad, poor dad and trying to figure out, okay, I made some money on this first real estate deal this was pretty cool. I didn't really trade time for money. Maybe there's more to this. So I started dabbling. And I say that word with emphasis, dabbling and learning a little bit here and there about multifamily or fix and flips and a lot of different areas. And uh, did that for a few years and really didn't get much traction. And right around when our son was born, he had some health challenges. And I remember sitting with my wife in the hospital, we had been at the hospital for probably three weeks at this point, trying to figure out what was going on. And this horrible thought came over me that I was out of vacation time and out of sick time. Mm. And 
I actually have to go back to work. And it was this horrible feeling that I wanted to be there to obviously support my wife and my son, but I was going to have to go back to work and it crushed me. And from that point, I just made a decision. I'm like, I'm going to figure out a way to make money in real estate without trading time for money. Mm -hmm. And it, it just clicked at that point. And I just became relentless and started studying as much as I could and really going deep. And I met a gentleman through a mastermind group that I'm in and he was telling me about short-term rentals and how he was able to cash flow anywhere from a thousand to $2,000 a month in profit per month per unit. And I was like, wow, well, that's definitely a way to fast track my way to financial freedom. So my wife and I, we talked about it and we bought our first property, which was a vacation rental up in New Hampshire. And true to my friend's word, that property has cash flowed us anywhere from 1200 to 1500 a month, and we get to use it every month. So at that point, I was sold on this business model, but I had used all my liquid cash to buy that property, renovate it, get it up and running. So I needed to find another way to continue expanding my portfolio. So there's a few different ways that you can go with short-term rentals. You can buy property, obviously. You can rent somebody else's property sign a 12-month lease, you furnish it, and then you rent it out by the night and you make the spread. Or the third model is you can partner with landlords and manage their property for them and take a percentage of the revenue. Mm. And that was the route that I took because quite frankly, I didn't even have enough cash at that point for a down payment and furnishings. So that was the path we took and it grew pretty quickly from there. And as you mentioned in the intro, we were at six properties as of yesterday, we're up to seven and we're working on a large deal now. I can't talk too much about it because we're still waiting on the signed purchase and sale, but that is over 150 units right now with a landlord that I had previously partnered with. Well, let's talk about this. One, what's the mastermind group that you're in? It's called March to a Million. It's Rock Thomas's mastermind group. Okay. Rock has been on the show multiple times. If you search Rock Thomas Joe Fairless, you'll be able to listen to his episodes, 1000 to 2000 per month per unit of cash flow. What are some of the requirements in order to achieve 1000 to 2000 per month per unit cash flow? Sure. So a lot of folks listening may be involved in traditional buy and holds where you might be buying a B to a C class property typically focused on blue collar workforce housing where you can make good cash flow. Generally with short-term rentals, you really want to focus on the higher end, like B plus to A plus asset class just to stay competitive because the cash flow is there to support that model. And if you don't, you're just not going to get anywhere, quite frankly. So I suggest heavily investing in decor and good photography are the two must-haves, right? So Aside from finding good real estate, which is a key principle in any niche that you're in, right? Location, 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 right? Our New Hampshire property, it's in between four major ski resorts in the winter. And then in the summer, it's right by a place called Storyland, which is like a Disney world of New Hampshire. Okay. A bunch of downtown shops and things like that. So we do well year round on that property, but it doesn't have to be vacations. And we can talk about that if you want. There's all different types of traveler profiles, right? You've got corporate travelers, you've got military, you've got relocations, you've got life events, all these different things that will work in virtually any market as long as you're in a good location. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's helpful. Let's dig in there a little bit. You said there's all sorts of different traveler profiles because some best ever listeners might be living in an area where they're like, mm, 
I just I don't know if my area would work. I can find a class A property, a really nice home to purchase, and I'd love to make this type of cash flow and then also, by the way, own a really good home that people are paying down for me. I mean, what a concept. But I'm just not sure if I live in an area that it makes sense. So can you elaborate more on traveler profiles and how we can determine if our area makes sense or not? Absolutely. So there are nine short-term rental profiles. So we talked about two. We talked about the vacationers and you've got corporate rentals. So fun fact, right now there's over 700,000 companies that are using Airbnb for corporate travel. And that number is growing every day. You've got medical. If you're anywhere near a hospital or a special treatment center, like the story I told you at the beginning, we were there for three weeks. Folks need a place to stay during those treatments. If you're anywhere near a university or any type of vocational or specialty school, as an example, traveling nurses, right? When they go through nursing school, it might be a 13-week program or some type of specialty program where they're there for a short period of time. If you're anywhere near an entertainment, it could be a convention center, it could be a sports stadium, it could be any type of music hall, anything like that, there's going to be a market for people coming in to see that venue. If you're anywhere near a military base, military folks are always relocating and their families are coming to see them. Or if they're relocating, maybe there's not housing for them on base. So they're coming into town and shopping for either an apartment or a home to buy, and they need some time in the market to assess where they want to live. Then there's emergency. Like, unfortunately, stuff happens. This happens in every market. About nine months ago, quite frankly, the town over from me, the gas company overpressurized the system and blew up nine houses. So fortunately, nobody was hurt, but they shut the entire town's gas off in the middle of winter for a month so that they could go through and inspect every house. Crazy stuff happens. Fires, floods, tornadoes, you name it, stuff happens, unfortunately. You've got life events. At least once or twice a week, I've got somebody coming into one of our properties for a wedding, a funeral, a graduation, a birthday party, anything like that. And then you just have voluntary relocation or corporate relocation. I know one of my son's teachers is relocating to Texas in the next 30 to 60 days. And she went down and stayed at an Airbnb as they were shopping for properties. Mm -hmm. So those are the nine different profiles, vacationers, corporate, medical, academic, entertainment, military, emergency, life events, or relocation. How do you plan for the emergency or life events one? I wouldn't say you plan for emergencies, but if I'm thinking of life events, what's the population of my town or any market that I want to be in, right? If there's enough people in that town, as an example, I have a property about 40 minutes outside of Boston right now. And that property at least, like I said, once a week gets a person that would fit that life event category at least one. So I would say emergency and life events, emergency you can't plan for, like that stuff just happens. But life events or relocations or entertainment, any of those, those are kind of added bonuses. What I would focus on for me and what I have focused on is, okay, can I get near a school? Can I get near a hospital? Can I get anywhere near a corporate business center? Anywhere near those? Or am I just in a vacation town? All the other ones are kind of bonus. Okay. And does the traveler profile drive the decor that you put in the property? Yes. 
all of our properties, we aim to be family friendly, but it's definitely a must for our New Hampshire properties. So when I say family friendly, I mean, I have a pack and play, a stroller, high chair, sippy cups, like kid friendly glassware, all that kind of stuff, kids books in the property. For some of our more corporate focused properties, we'll have a dedicated workspace with a desk, a Wi-Fi printer, a whiteboard, ultra high-speed internet. So it's figuring out like who you want to serve. But I mean, you could put that other than the whiteboard. We typically put a Wi-Fi printer and all the family-friendly stuff in all of our properties. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to gear it towards one demographic or another, that's definitely something that you want to factor in. Let's talk about the New Hampshire property and let's get into the numbers and get into it a little bit more detail. How much did you buy it for? That property, we bought it for 177000 and put about 25000 to renovate and furnish it. Okay. The bulk of the 25000 to renovate and furnish it, where did it go towards? I would say as a general rule of thumb for our properties, for a two-bedroom, it costs us $10,000 to furnish it. So the 15000 in renovations was new floors, new paint, painting all the trims, painting the cabinets, new hardware for cabinets, and basically new bathrooms. We put new vanities, new sinks, new toilets in both of the bathrooms, and that was the bulk of the 15000 What's it rent for? Depending on seasonality, it averages about 4000 a month. Some months might be five to six, some months might be... 2500 to 3500 just depends on the season. And how far is Boston from where this is in New Hampshire? It's about 3 hours. Okay. So it's it's not a, a short hey, I'm just go check on the property, I'll be back for dinner type thing. It's something that's pretty far away relatively speaking. So how do you manage that? Great question. And that's one thing that a lot of folks get nervous about is long distance investing and it just comes down to system. So in all of our properties, uh, what we do is we use a ring security camera on the outside of the property. We use Wi-Fi locks that are controlled via my phone. So nobody ever gets a physical key. So when somebody books our property, as an example, on Airbnb, we integrate directly with the lock system. So it automatically generates the guest a code that is only good from their check-in time to their checkout time and then automatically expires. So that code is only good for the duration of their stay. Then we use the ring cameras at all the properties to monitor the activity going in and out of the property. Those are only on the exterior. Do not put a camera inside the property if you're doing short-term rentals. That's just creepy. What brand do you use? I use August Home. Like the, the month, August? Yes. Okay. They are a little pricey, but I find it is definitely worth it. Okay. Just for the functionality. And then the best piece of technology, quite frankly, that we use is called NoiseAware. And it just plugs into an outlet inside the property and it measures noise levels. So we set our property quiet hours from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. So if the guest starts making a bunch of noise, I get a text message immediately. And then I just message the guest or I call the guest and say, hey, I don't want to interrupt your fun, but I just want to let you know I just got a noise complaint for one of the neighbors and we told you ahead of time, quiet hours are 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. So you really got to tone it down. Again, I don't want to put a damp on your day, but we do got to abide by our quiet hours. Huh. And how often has that text message been sent by you? That has been sent by me three times. What's the response when it's sent? It's been fine. I haven't had any issues. They're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, didn't realize it. Either their 
having a few drinks and they're getting too loud or they got the TV going or music going or how do you know what level to set the noise aware on? They have guidelines that you can use, but also if you go to the property, if you have kids like I do, just have your kids make a bunch of noise and just see what the levels look like on your phone (laughs) and then just set it for that threshold. And that plugs into an outlet in the house. Yes. What's it look like? It looks like the white apple mouse. Uh It's like a little bit smaller than that. And it just plugs, it actually screws into the outlet. Okay. So they can't remove it unless they physically unscrewed it. Right. And how do you know where to put that? I typically put it where I think people are going to congregate. So most of our properties have that open concept floor plan. So I'll put it somewhere between the kitchen slash open living area and just kind of put it in that area. Okay. And then what about the other aspects of managing it remotely? So again, my biggest thing, like I mentioned at the store, was I wanted to figure out a way to create income without trading time for money. So the system I use, I honestly work less than two hours a week on this business because I automate 95% of it. So you're going to want a system for pricing your property. So there's a bunch of different tools that you can use out there that similar to hotels, like my rates fluctuate every single day based on supply and demand. What events are going on in the area? What's the occupancy levels in the area? What are my past rates? All that is done automatically for me. And then obviously I'll go in and tweak it here and there if I've got some open days. What system do you use? I use a system called Price Labs. Okay. Is that a a subscription-based system? Yes. Okay. About how much is it? The first property is 20 bucks a month, which is totally worth it. And then after that, less, probably like 10 or something? Yeah, it scales down. I can't remember off the top of my head. Incrementally, it goes down. Then the next piece is the turnover or the cleanings, I should say, right? And I see so many folks in this business create themselves a job instead of an investment or a business. Mm -hmm. So first off, if you're listening to this and you own a short-term rental, you're no longer allowed to clean your properties, period. So we use a service called Turnover B&B. And again, it integrates directly with Airbnb. They have a pool of cleaners, or if you already have a cleaner, you can add them to the app. So when I'm going into a new market, I go in, I plug in the details about the property and I submit it and I get quotes from all their cleaners and I can see their past reviews and how much experience they have. And then I can add them to my pool or my bench of cleaners. So anytime I get a booking, it goes out to my pool of cleaners and the first one to accept it gets the booking. And then when they check into the property, they have to check in on the app and I can also see it from the August app. So I know when they get there. Then when they're done, they finish, they send me photos of the property and they lock it up and payment automatically happens through the app. Wonderful. What is that service again? It's called Turnover B&B. Turnover B&B. And what is the cost to clean the house? It depends on the size of the property and you can negotiate it. It's just a negotiated rate between you and your cleaners. And then they take a couple percentage points. Off okay. of it. So if I'm paying somebody 60 bucks, they might charge me 63. Mm-hmm. And the New Hampshire house, what's the square footage of it? 1,200 square feet. 1,200 square feet, and you're getting about $4,000 a month in rent. And when you look at the expenses on that property, what are the main buckets of expenses? So similar to a traditional rental, right? I've got my mortgage, my taxes, my insurance, 
I do use a specialized insurance policy that's for short-term rentals from a company called Proper, which is basically a blended homeowner's insurance with a commercial liability policy. Hmm. Okay. And their whole business model is around short-term rentals. So you've got the mortgage, taxes, insurance, all the different utilities, heat, electric, cable. I use a streaming service for all of our properties. We use the TCL Roku TVs. So we just stream. You could use DirecTV Now, Hulu, whatever you want, just because I find it works out better when you have multiple TVs. You're not renting cable boxes and it just it ends up being cheaper. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's pretty much just the cleaning services on top of that. And, it does- and then supplies, excuse me. And supplies. Okay. So I, however, I will say that we charge our guests a cleaning fee, which we also pad in some extra costs to cover all of our supplies and any amenities that we leave out for the guest. And who puts in the new supplies? My cleaners. So I'll order the supplies online to the Walmart up there, and then the cleaners will go pick them up. Oh, fill out my supply closet checklist and send me the photo of everything. So they're not only cleaning, but they're also picking up pots and pans or whatever else is needed. Exactly. Who's determining if the guest swiped a pot or a pan? Our cleaners will check. I haven't had anybody steal pots or pans. Stuff gets broken. I've had a couple of alarm clocks break. I've had some decor fall and break. We have a wood-burning fireplace up there. I've had somebody not close the fireplace screen and a little piece of ash came out and burnt a hole in my throw rug. Just little stuff. I find the one thing you'll probably go through a decent amount are towels. So one tidbit I'll throw in there real quick is we use white linens and white towels just because it creates an inviting atmosphere and there's a psychology behind it. I won't get into it. That being said, I had a lot of guests start ruining my towels. The females like to wipe their face and their makeup all over it. (laughs) So what I did is I bought black face towels, face cloths that say makeup on them. So it's like, wipe your makeup on this thing, not on my nice white ones. And that's worked out pretty good so far. Oh, man. Taking a step back, based on your experience in this industry or in this asset class and strategy, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say, in general, pick your lane. And then I'll give you one other one. But when I say pick your lane, I talked earlier about dabbling in a lot of different things. And I see that with real estate. There's a million ways to make money in real estate. Figure out which lane resonates with you and dominate that lane. Once I got clear and picked that lane, things started happening very quickly. But when you're dabbling, your focus is all over the place and you're not going to make progress. So I would say pick your lane and go. For short-term rentals specifically, I would say... Invest in systems and technology that will make your life easier. Some folks may say, oh, well, I could do that myself. You could, but what are your goals? What's your why? For me, it's not worth it to save 60 bucks to go clean the property myself. My time is best spent going out and finding more deals. And real quick, before we go into the lightning round, you mentioned the 100 plus property that you can't speak a whole lot about because it's not under contract, but soon will be. We don't have to get into specifics and we won't get into specifics of that property, but What's the business model that you have with a transaction like that? So this is a totally off-market deal. A broker knew that I was in the short-term rental space and he tried to sell me a small B&B property. And I said, I'm not interested in this one, but if you could find a way to sell me this resort over here, I'd be interested in that. And it's a community of condos that 
it's a vacation town. So basically if you own this condo, you can use it whenever you want and then you can put it in their management program and they'll rent it out for you when you're not there. So in this case, they are not on any of the major platforms. The owner's a great guy, old time real estate guy. He's very, very wealthy. He's got like 20 of these style properties, but he's very old school and he doesn't have a cell phone, an email address, anything. And he's not on any platforms. The only way to book this property is literally through calling their office or going to their website, which is a little clunky. So the business model here is to invest about $2 million in upgrading the amenities. So again, they've got three pools, a clubhouse, a petting zoo, an ice skating rink, all these different amenities, but they just need a facelift. So new pool furniture, some new paint in the clubhouse, rearranging some things, making it more functional. And then leveraging all the technology that I have. They have a huge amount of overhead right now, a number of employees and all sorts of stuff that they're paying for that they really don't need to because most of it can be automated. So it's really increasing the efficiency of the operations and then putting these units on these platforms. And basically we're confident that we will double the occupancy and double the NOI within 24 months. With the capital required on this, is that from you or is that partners or how are you going to pull that off? Sure. It's with partners. So Remember to whatever strategy you go with, always play the long game and never let your ego get in the way of your wallet. So even if it doesn't look like a crazy deal, always do the right thing. So the only way I'm able to finance this deal is because I've built relationships with owners who I manage their properties now and I've gotten them good returns. So one of the owners, I was telling him about this deal and he was like, that sounds amazing. And he just came off of a pretty lucrative land flip where he got it all permitted and then flipped it to a developer and he's sitting on some cash. So he's going to put up the cash for it. I'm going to run the operations and I'm working on convincing the seller to leave some money in the deal to hold an equity position because quite frankly, he's going to lose money on the deal when he sells it because his NOI is continually decreasing. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? ready. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more. Best ever book you've recently read? The Millionaire Fastlane by MJ DeMarco. What's a short-term rental property that has not gone well for you? I have one property that I took over to manage for somebody and it hasn't gone as well as I hoped. The one other piece of advice I'll throw in there is don't cheap out on your furniture and decor. I know we like to be frugal in this business, but you've really got to spend money on those things. And I should have been more upfront from the get-go with this owner that you're going to need to spend X amount of money to get this property to where it needs to be. What would X amount of money be? Because I I wouldn't know what being cheap on stuff is on decor because I don't know that stuff. Yeah. If you have a two bedroom, plan on spending 
roughly $10,000 to furnish it. Soup to nuts, everything from the silverware to the decor to the furnishings. Okay. But what I would say is if you're not a designer or you don't have an eye for that, find somebody that you're friendly with that does have good taste and have them help you. But I see a lot of folks go to garage sales and estate sales and just find whatever they can find because it's cheap and put it in the property and it looks like it was furnished out of a garage sale. <laughs> that's not what you want. You want it to feel welcoming and homey and inviting and that doesn't typically happen when you go that route. Best ever deal you've done? That New Hampshire property for sure. That property's done very well. We go up literally every month for at least four days and it's producing about a 30% cash on cash return. What's the least profitable short-term rental that you own? Probably the one that I just talked about. So I own the one in New Hampshire. The rest of the portfolio is all managed for other folks right now. Okay. So the least profitable is a one bedroom. It's almost the size of a studio. It's a very small one bedroom in a decent area of town, but there's no real wow factor to it. And I find that the majority of new properties coming online are one bedrooms because they are quite frankly cheaper to furnish. That being said, I find most people like to haggle over the one bedrooms for whatever reason. They tend to be more price conscious. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? I love raising money for Boston Children's Hospital. That's been a passion project of mine ever since my son's health issue. And I also like teaching. I'm super passionate about helping people get started in this business. And I love to give back that way. So I host a free training. You can check it out. It's at strsecrets.com. It's a free 60-minute training. We go in-depth on all the tools I use, all the systems I have, kind of walk you through setting up this whole business model. And from this conversation, I can tell that will be a very thorough training. I learned a whole lot. I love that you walked us through the process and the details. We got into the details of short-term rentals. Thank you for being on the show talking about the trap. First, we got to identify the traveler profile that would be attracted to this area that we're looking at. And then once we do that, then we look at properties, make sure it's a nice property, an A-class property, and have the decor that matches up with the traveler profile that we're attracting. And then obviously make sure that the numbers make sense and put in the system that you talked about and you got into the details so that we're not trading dollars for time and time for dollars. So ring security camera, Wi-Fi locks, you use August Home, noise aware. That's a feature that you really like and helps you regulate a little bit. And then the turnover B&B as well as Price Labs. So thanks for getting into the details of the process. Thanks for talking about the business model. Good luck with that large transaction. Hope that ends up taking place. Hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate being on here. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Guarino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.